All right, Peter Michaels. We uh, we just got off the phone, the Zoom, whatever it's called, with Patrick Mel- Bateman, Melanie St. Pierre. Wow, the thing. We just did the thing. We just did the thing. Oh yes, I am Patrick Bateman. Yes, you are. You People are Peter need Michaels. to know that. Um, I feel a little loose. Why? Because I I just had some fucking clune dog tequila right here. That just looks like an empty plastic cup. Um, it is producer Ryan's thirtieth birthday. Woo-hoo. Do you remember your thirtieth birthday? That's like almost decades ago, so no. Yeah, for sure. No, you don't? No, not even a little. I remember mine. Yours is a little more recent than mine. Yeah, it was last January, a year ago almost. This is very lackluster. Although I did get a Zoom call with some of my my nearest and dearest, which was a lot of fun. So you had like a full-on pandemic. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It was was a little weird. And like I didn't, uh, I definitely thought about it moving closer to 30. And then when it, 30 actually happened, that's when I really started to think about things. So it's not like, I don't know how producer Ryan's been dealing this week, but I don't know if he's got any deep thoughts. Well, well I can tell you, don't worry about those deep thoughts because everything just continues to change because I'm staring down the needle of 50. Yeah, but do you think any deep thoughts you had at 30 have been ignored for 20 years? I don't think they years? matter anymore. Honest to God, it, there's so many things I probably would have thought of at 30 and thought that mattered that just don't anymore. Well, we did not get Sorry. to ask our guest about 30, <laughs> but what I will say to producer Ryan as we drink his birthday tequila is uh, don't think about it too hard, I guess. Don't think about it too hard. That's Pete's, just, Pete's advice? Just do. And hey, we're in this sick space here at Communal Creative Studios. That's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool accomplishment by 30, I think. No better way. And it's not Zoom. We're like, we're here in person. Yeah, he's, he's right He's right on the other there. side of yeah. the thing. Um, so yeah, we had a guest on the show today from a band that I've been familiar with for a number of years, based on a, an old high school connection. I didn't realize you had an old. I high didn't tell school you that. Con- no. Oh, don't no, you, you told just... me about other high school connections that have. There's been a few on this show, hasn't there? <laughs> a couple that kind of went sideways on you. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, this is a band that has their trajectory of success over the years has been very, in my opinion, very different than a number of bands in the country, and it's been amazing. Like, right. it's really, really been incredible. Um, so I was very glad that Melanie St. Pierre from Casper Skulls uh, had the time to sit down and chat about their new record, Knows No Kindness, which came out in November. And this, you can tell this band is different from the other bands, right? Like, the, there's 100%. just something a little bit more yeah. unique, special. I don't know what the word is for it, but there's just I don't know where it comes from. something there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I know you've been li- liking the record a lot. Uh, I certainly have been. Uh, I almost wished that I had spent more time on this record before we did our top of 2021, right? Right. Yeah, 100%. 100%. (laughs) But it came out so late in the year, and even though it, as we'll get into, was kind of done and in the books already, written by 2019, I think. But now that you've listened to this record a ton in the last few weeks, how good would they be a Bose? Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. need to, we need to get those things rolling again. Sort it out. Uh, as we get into this episode, big shout out to Bose Barn Stage, Sawback Brewing Company, our friends at Tourism Red Deer, and Go Services, Inc. Yes, happy New Year's to you all. It's already like a couple of weeks into the New Year's. That's I had some tequila to deal with now. <laughs> Um. Anyways, you can, can't you say happy New Year for like the first quarter of the year? No, I think you can say it for the first What if week? you haven't seen someone? Eh. This, I think this is an old Curb Your Enthusiasm plot, actually. Is it really? I oh, think it might be. I was just going to say, with all the methods of communication that are available, if you haven't wished somebody that you know well enough to wish a happy New Year by yeah. this point, yeah, yeah. you're an asshole. Uh, what did you do for New Year's, by the way? <laughs> uh, and that's only two weeks ago. Uh, we, 
We played board games. Nice. Had some old fashions. I really got into old right, fashions over right. the uh, holiday season. Uh, and Negroni played. is next up then. I don't know if I can go Negroni. Why not? It's pretty floral. Uh, I like the it's florals. very herbal. Herbal, floral. Like I remember having a uh, a beer that was a Negroni beer. And oh. I just, I'm like, I imagine this is what it'd be like if you grabbed a thing, uh, like a jar of potpourri. Yeah. And just ingested it. See, Don't I know that I'd I, love that. That seems like a bit of an overreaction. To yeah. Me. A bit of an exaggeration. A bit of an exaggeration. But I, if you're into the old fashions, I think you're going to have to try the Negroni at one point. What I will say is that at Bo's, um, as far as I understand, you can now get a really good Negroni. Whereas when I ordered it from Bo's about five years ago, let's not talk about it. All right, Patrick, personally responsible for bringing the Negroni to Red Deer. <laughs> um, anyways, um, this is a uh, super happy we got to do this chat. So I don't know. Let's get to it. Um, well, Melanie, welcome to the Road the Stage again. Thank you so much for joining us. It's fantastic to meet you and talk to you. We're, we're very excited. Yeah, me too. It's gonna uh, be fun. <laughs> have you have you has your press been like pretty low key lately? Because I know you know your new album knows no kindness. It came out back in it was November. November. Um, yep. Obviously, you did a ton of press around that. What's what's the oh, yeah, start yeah. of twenty twenty two been like for you? Um, twenty twenty two has been interesting because a lot of people are kind of focusing on um, the closures and everything right now. Yeah. So um, we we have some press that's coming, but um, for now it's just kind of like taking a moment sort of thing to just you know, debrief Christmas and everything. And, um, yeah, I, yeah, we got some stuff coming down the line though. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see it pick up again. Had you had any shows booked that you did? You did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had, uh, just, a, it was just a couple of Northern Ontario dates. Um, but then we were like, okay, well, let's just put those on hold for now and see what we, it's just, it's hard to stay motivated with like, uh, booking anything right now just because like you book it and then it gets canceled and then you book it and then your soul dies so <laughs> yep. you just kind of try to get by but um honestly i just i would love to play all the shows right now honestly i'm speaking for all of us i know we all would so hopefully that'll be a thing soon and you guys were able to get a couple of shows in Yes, we did. Yeah. yeah. Um, our last one was in um, London, Ontario with July Talk, which was awesome. Right. Oh, right. And then be before that, we had like um, our release show in Toronto, which was nice for the record. So we got to honor that. Um, and then we had a Montreal date. And then we did some festival, like a couple of festivals at the end of the summer because it was like, okay, by the end of the summer. So it's like, it's trying to do whatever you can. And then like, the cutoff happens, right? So <laughs> um that was an amazing thing or concept july talk had with their their opening acts wasn't it so cool like just really really awesome gives everybody kind of a chance to you know be part of the story i sucks what happened though they ended up getting covid like i know they were so careful like when we were playing we couldn't even like we, we could like talk to them but it was like from like afar like they were being really really cautious and they were saying like none of them would go and see anybody other than their team and then it didn't matter it just it snuck its way in so yeah i was uh, yeah. really looking forward to them getting out because we're in we're in red deer so we're halfway between yeah. edmonton and calgary uh and i was so so stoked to see caden's weapon for the first time because he was opening yes. their alberta shows but unfortunately, that did not happen. Did not I think happen. it was like Winnipeg when they realized they had COVID. Yeah, then something. they were like kind of stuck in. 
that it, area. If, if, oh. if you heard of them, uh, there are some acts in the states that are using dogs to sniff out COVID. Have you heard about really? that? Really? I, I heard some, I saw a headline about dogs being trained. There are, I think there's three or four different bigger acts that are using dogs to, and not okay. for, not for the people coming into the show, just for tour, like um, all the backstage people and yeah. all the musicians to have dogs sniff it out. That's wild. <laughs> the next generation of fighting kidding, COVID. Like... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, I, I totally forgot that you played that uh, that show with July Talk. What was what was it like? Obviously, the thing that I find with July Talk, just kind of backing it up, is that I thought that they put out an incredible record last year that maybe Absolutely. didn't get as much attention as it really deserved, just because we were in a pandemic. Um, yeah, for sure. And but you've so you've got that them finally able to show this album and their their latest version of their live show to to the country, but you've also got people who are super stoked to be able to get back to a show of that capacity. What what, what was it like from your perspective? It was amazing. It was it was such a good show. Like we had so much fun, and I had actually never seen July Talk play before because every time they play, it's like sold out, and you just you know, you're, or, or we're on tour or whatever. So, um, we finally got to like, I actually got to see like finally from start to finish, like a full July talk set. And oh my gosh, me and Aurora, like my art, like the drummer, yeah, we were just dancing. Like we were at the merch table. We were like having such a good time. Like it was, it was like a party. It was so fun. And like when we played, it was so positive and happy and everyone was being so sweet. And it was just like, I was like, I miss this so much. Like it was a great last show to have, but also like sad that it was the last show. But yeah, it's just like, if I could have one last show to like cap off the year, I'm really blessed. It was that one. Um, <laughs> is is there a connection between Casper Skulls and London? Oh yeah, actually Aurora Bangard. So our, my drummer, yeah. like in, in Casper Skulls, she actually is from London. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So she uh, was born and raised there. Her family there she went to western university mm -hmm. and everything so yeah yeah big big ties she she would be here tonight but she has some stuff to do but she sends her love uh well she sounds great on the new album this is the first record that she's, fantastic. she's been on right <laughs> yeah yeah okay very cool which again like i you know it, it seems like a conversation we've had with every single guest on the road the stage is um the album that was delayed by the pandemic uh, from what I understand, you're like you guys have been playing these songs for a long time now, right? Yeah, we have. Yeah, which is which is fine. Like, um, they're just road tested. <laughs> like <laughs> when we when we went to go record them, like it was just like they're ready to go. So it was it was nice. It was a good feeling. Um, when were they recorded? Yeah. So um, let's see. <laughs> wow, time's a blur. Okay, so um, 2019. Uh, yeah, 2019, we started in uh, May, I think it was. We went on tour with, with Pup. Yeah. So it was like we went in for our first session, uh, recorded all the drums, and then immediately went on tour. And then we got back, we finished it. But it took us a little bit to finish it. We kind of Frankensteined it with like different um, engineers and different studios. Mm -hmm. um, but we self-produced it. So it, it ended up being done uh, like recording-wise by um well we had one last session in the pandemic to do so that was a little bit delayed but it was like strings so like it like all of the instrumentals and things like that and vocals were done by like um 20 like early 2020 but then the last session didn't happen until like summer of 2020 because that's when like things were okay for that hot minute in the summer yeah 
uh, got that last session done and then mixing happened. So the whole thing was like done basically by the new year. So um, by 2021, we were just like ready to go with it. But um, had that not happened, it probably would have been a 2020 record. So right. Um, so classic story. I, I am I am very curious to understand the uh, taking your 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 songs that you self produced to different engineers. Like that was yeah. a, that was very strategic, right? Yeah, we just wanted to. Oh, we just wanted to try different. Um, different studios different people um we just thought it'd be fun to kind of bring some different people into the fold and they're all people we really trusted and really like and um yeah they just they just brought something unique to like like we choose kind of which songs we wanted to do with certain people and um yeah it just made the experience really cool and uh we got to like kind of uh i don't know like the engineers would really hear things or like we would you know try if we didn't like the guitar tone that we did in one session then we can do it again later on and maybe they had like a a, a different type of gear that maybe worked better for it or something like that it was we, we were really open with everything and it, it it allowed us to be kind of like more creative in that sense because um we could change things later on down the road if that it called for it so it was really cool to work with different people and and also just each other and yeah just creating that kind of trust when you're self-producing something it's kind of like the four of you make the decision and that's kind of definite instead of like um someone that's coming in and kind of calling a lot of the shots so yeah it was really cool uh experience and you've said before that casper skulls is very much an equal collaboration it very much is yeah just just we just feel like it that's i don't know it just works really well for us we like being collaborative we like all the ideas just kind of flowing and and bouncing off each other i just feel like in general, great art should be collaborative, um, at least for us anyway, work. So and would you continue works. to do this process again? Next album, do it the exact same way? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was really cool. I have no objections to working with a producer. Um, just have to be the right person. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't even know who or what. But uh, <laughs> we are working on new stuff. So um, you never know. There could be somebody who all of a sudden we think is the right fit for it. So um, yeah, it's exciting. And like, you know, we have all this downtime now, so it's like, might as well get busy. <laughs> Do you live close to your bandmates aside from Neil? Um, of course. we did, okay. uh, but Neil and I actually, we are in Sudbury, Ontario. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So we, we, during the pandemic, we just, we decided to move home, be closer to some family and stuff like that. Cause it was like impossible to be near them at all. Cause they live, like they live five hours out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're in, we're in Toronto a lot though. It really doesn't like we're not really finding it to be kind of a, a problem like they came here a lot in the summer we came there like it gives us an, a, a fun excuse to go back and see friends and yeah do the old thing so, so Sudbury is is home right yeah yeah we were born, born and raised here me and Neil so what was the deciding factor when you guys were like you know what we've reached whatever point it is we're at we need to be in Toronto right. now yeah so um well, I mean, we didn't start the band here. Uh, we actually started in Oakville, Ontario. Uh, I went to school there at Sheridan College and Neil, he moved down with me and we decided to start the band uh, just randomly. And then, um, yeah, we had a different drummer at that point. His name was Chris, he's awesome. Um, he introduced us to Frazier, who is our bass player now. And yeah, we just, we started the band and it just kind of took off and now we're here. I used to play music with Frazier's older brother, actually. <gasps> Yes, oh, that's I, awesome. I'm also <laughs> from Oakville. Um, 
And I that's kind of how I came became familiar with you guys a few years ago is because I was aware oh, that Spence's wow. brother was in this. Have we met before? I because don't. you look extremely familiar. I mean, maybe. I don't think so. So you were in Oakville, okay. and I'm, I'm quite fascinated. It's a little inside baseball. But Oakville does not have, you know, many poppin' venues. But I have a feeling you guys were probably there playing a club on Kerr Street that I never actually got to go to. Am I right? <laughs> um, Less than level? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Actually, no. Well, yes, yes. At the end of it, yes. But um, so Chris, um, our old drummer, uh, he was putting on a lot of shows in Oakville. He was kind of like the source of the music scene. Like he decided to put on all the shows at Nino's Pizza. Okay. Yep. Yep. And Larise. I don't know that. I so uh, it's been. I haven't lived in Oakville for uh, about eleven years now. So I kind of missed all that less than level stuff. But I used to play music okay. with Fraser's brother. Um, yeah. I imagine Fraser and I went to the same high school. Probably. Um, and then I used to play music for years with a guy named Brennan, who I have a feeling you're probably familiar with. He was in a band called Look Here Junior for a long time. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, good people. Yeah, so that is that is how kind of how I became aware of you and that whole scene that was bubbling around around. Uh, I don't know. I guess the Kerr Street. I guess well, Nino's is kind of Kerr Street. I used adjacent to live on as Kerr well. Street. <laughs> oh, did you actually? Yeah. Yeah. I used to. the The last place I spent a lot of time at was the Moonshine, though. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of where How I How big out. is Oakville? Uh, at this point, about what 150,000 okay. maybe. It's not, it's not super big, but it's it's got like it's got like pretty big suburb yeah. vibes. Like it's pretty big. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know the exact population, but definitely more than Sudbury. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's uh, that was an interesting little connection that I was I kind of excited this. to make. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. But <laughs> maybe awesome. maybe we did meet. I don't know. I, I I'm not sure where it would have been, but uh, well, because you've been gone right. for a while now, right? Yeah, gone. Yeah, for... yeah. I mean, it was ten years ago. Ten years ago, I was still living in Sudbury. So yeah. That would make sense. That would make sense. And I haven't I haven't seen Brennan in a few years. I think the last oh, time. Oh, I wish Frazier was here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember. I definitely remember him when he was, like, really, really young. A little baby Frazier. <laughs> really young. But that's about it. That's about it. That's so cool. <laughs> well, what was life like growing up in Sudbury? I think I've only been, I've driven past. And I think all I can remember right. is that Sudbury was off the highway. And if I remember correctly, there's a big plant of some kind that you can see from the highway. Is that? Oh, um, probably the mine. That's so probably you... what it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just is it's a mining town, so there's a lot of different like there's like the slag pour. Um, you, don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, Sudbury's great. Um, yeah, growing up here was cool. Um, I got to see a lot of like um, just a lot of like Canadian staples come through, like Attack and Black and Shotgun Jimmy and Lady Hawk. Mm. Just bands that like are if you're a Canadian living in a small northern town, like they're like. <laughs> they're the best um yeah no and just yeah getting to kind of like see these sort of bands come through like inspires you neil um the he, my partner he's also in the band yeah he uh was in bands in Sudbury. like he was prominent in the music scene here i was more of like um i go to a lot of shows and i just genuinely loved music but i didn't feel like i had like i don't know um like i was ready to kind of move into that territory yet it wasn't until i moved to oakville where neil was like you're ready you need to do this <laughs> um where we started collaborating for real but um yeah no just like uh the townhouse is still going strong uh, i mean during the pandemic I, you say that but it was before the pandemic again 
became a thing again. So um, yeah, the venues are still doing things. And um, I actually started working for a, um, um, a company here called Scion. Uh, basically what they do is like, they kind of help a lot of musicians just kind of navigate the music scene um, and like try to get them, you know, into some rooms in Toronto and things like that, to, like some showcase options, things like that. And uh, I'm really excited about it. It's actually my first week. Oh, wow. um, so yeah, I get to help out Northern Ontario musicians kind of like try to navigate the music scene and industry in, in like, in, you know, try to break into Southern Ontario or, or whatever, but um, it's really exciting. And uh, I'm excited to, to be part of that. Cause um, before I was doing that, I loved doing that, <laughs> like yeah. telling people about factor and like, just, you know, what Canada kind of has to offer people. So um, we have that here, which I think is a really great resource for people. So um, yeah, yeah, Sudbury's, Sudbury's doing things. And growing up there, did you, were you outdoorsy a lot? Like I noticed on the new oh, album, yeah. one of the first things I picked up listening to the album was just all the mentions of outdoorsy things, birds, bird yeah. feeders, cows, like <laughs> mountains, rivers, like in, and not just in one song, but all across the album. So I assumed yeah. that maybe there was some outdoorsiness to you. Yeah, big narrative. Um, not, just my whole family. Um, we're all extremely outdoorsy people. Like we like hike. Like if I if it's a weekend and I'm not doing a hike, I'm just like I am miserable. I love outdoors. Like I nature bathe constantly. Um, just everything that I do that's artistic, like artwork wise, because I'm also a visual artist, mm -hmm. is all nature. Um, it it just it, it inspires me completely like and I, I can't help it it's just like I'm a tree like I come from the forest so <laughs> I'm just being myself <laughs> um so on that topic nature uh Sudbury which we all we should also be more specific Massey Ontario which is how how, yeah. how long is the drive from Sudbury to Massey 45 ish minutes okay so and I have a I, oh sorry go ahead. no 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 please continue Oh, just I, I have a, a cottage there, or as we say in Northern Ontario, a camp. And as we th say, maybe where you are, a cabin? Yes, you're absolutely Ooh. right. Yeah. yeah. No so cottages good. here. No cottages <laughs> here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we ha I, have a, I have a camp there. And um, it's just, it's my, my, my grandma obviously lived there. A lot of my family does. So it um, just it literally inspired a lot of this record. It seems, and it definitely seems that way, and that's kind of where I'm going. The cover art for Knows No Kindness, um, at first I, I assumed it was your work, but it's actually not. It's a very historical picture, right? Do you mind yeah. kind of delving into the story behind that? Yeah, for sure. So that picture has actually been in my family for a very long time. Um, I'm I'm not sure of, like, the exact date where it was taken, and I keep on, like, saying the, the wrong date every time. Um, I'm going to say that it's, like, circa <laughs> uh, 1950, 1960, something like that. Yeah. Could even be early 70s, but I doubt it. Um, so this photograph, like, was taken in Massey um, in front of, a, like, um, basically this, this company called AECL. They wanted to dump a lot of nuclear waste into different areas they were looking into doing runoffs basically back in the day when that was like you know not as frowned upon for a reasonable reason, was, a reasonable option for some reasonable yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but like obviously my family was like no like we swim in there <laughs> like so they yeah they they crashed basically the um the the, the building where they were having like their pop-up 
to like do their conduct their business out of yeah and uh just protested in front of it and it ended up getting a lot of traction they, they did petitions and things like that and uh it ended up not happening which was great because i guess a lot of the the like they did the petition and a lot of the population was like no we don't want this so they moved out of town i don't know much more than that and honestly my my family doesn't even remember too much either like um but uh yeah so that photograph was taken by um i'm pretty sure it was hugh cummings but uh he's no he he passed away like a, a while ago so um his his son hal cummings was the one who i talked to about permissions and everything for it um he's also very old now mm-hmm. um but it was really fascinating to talk to him about it and just like he was like oh you have this interest in this photograph why <laughs> um and he didn't realize, like, yeah, well, my family's in it. Like, my grandma's literally holding up the sign that says Massey, no nuke country. Huh. Um, my my aunt is, like, a little bit below her and, like, a couple of my, like, cousins and things like that. So um, just really, really cool. And this legacy um, that, you know, was there. And I just, I really, I really loved that this story existed. And I really wanted to, at some point in my life, I, I always knew because I found this picture in 2015. Yeah. Um, Oh, sorry. In 2005, when I was 15, um, I found that picture and I wanted, I knew that I was going to do something with it one day. I just didn't know what. Um, And here we are. It's so fascinating to me because you hear so many of those stories, but uh, like, you know, fast forward from that moment, 10, 15 years where the protesting didn't work. The community wasn't able to rally enough to prevent something like that happening. And then it leads to disaster. Which probably happens more often than not yeah. right oh absolutely yeah. like have you seen that dark waters movie no so it's this really cool movie that came out like a year ago with mark ruffalo where he's playing a lawyer who's representing dupont right. in the states who are responsible for essentially destroying entire communities and their lives mm-hmm. to a certain extent right yeah. with with uh, bad science i guess we could maybe call it ignorant science yeah well, also, like, the Sagamok community is also, like, the reserve is also on hmm. those, you know, on, on those rivers as well. So, like, it's just, like, you know, trying to preserve things, please, for the love of God. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's so hard these days to um, try to fight for things. Because, like, the devastations that's going on right now, too, in the world, when you think about all of the protesting that's happening and everything, it's just, like you feel so alone in all of that and like yeah so I guess like when I was thinking about that I was looking at you know the, the protest my family did I was like you know I, I I got really inspired by that I was like you know this is something that is part of my you know my my upbringing so yeah um it just yeah like and I, and I think about that too like um in those in those communities like that like those communities protesting as well for you know like their land it's just like uh anyways i'm getting all emotional <laughs> it's all good you're allowed to but no like, it's it's a heavy topic it's a heavy topic there's just so much bad crap in the world and you just you just want to fight for everything you know like yeah. everything good and it's just it's tough no it's fair it's a fair statement i often think these days about how inspirational last summer was with the people rising up in the streets in the yeah. states and how we have not talked or looked back on that time in what feels like a full year yeah um yeah which is a little interesting but that's a conversation for another day and another podcast <laughs> god damn it <laughs> um well i we were talking before and obviously uh when we are preparing for an interview we spend quite a bit of time with their content and uh, it's fair to say both of us have been 
digging this album like crazy. It's been on oh, repeat for you. us, I think. So yeah, completely on repeat. And yeah. it's what the one thing I've really found with it as well is because I've I've you know dug into this all through streaming services, and with this album in particular, I really miss the good old fashioned liner notes mm, lyrics yes. to read along yeah. with because there is so much. Uh, going on and 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 so many great stories to be told throughout that album i'm curious yeah, we made... oh sorry if if i were to say that the album helps me sleep is that an insult or do you take <laughs> that as a like i i, I honestly i like it's just like a good book i honestly I i'll put it in great. before i go to bed and yeah. it's just the stories are so great and it yeah it's perfect that's incredible feedback thank you that means a lot that was very nice, um, honestly, Peter. If the record, could, <laughs> if the record could be a good book, like, that's my goal. Um, yeah, no, we made sure to put all the lyrics and the liner notes in a font that was cursive but easy to read. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, just like, yeah, because the, 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 that's the most important part. And like, I, I understand that like a lot of people, like I, when I was reading a lot of the reviews for this record, a lot of people were like, well, like the, the the lyrics are great, but like, I don't I don't understand a lot of them. A lot of them are kind of really artistic or really poetic. But like that's kind of just the nature of our band like we've always been kind of like we talk in you know kind of really poetic sort of lyrics and i i understand that they can be kind of like a lot to digest for a lot of people but um i don't know it's just kind of it, it's just kind of the nature of our band like um even neil um he also he writes like that that's just how he writes um it's how we both write we're just we we're really into books uh really into poetry really into like you know, all that art stuff, yep. being a visual artist. Uh, I don't know. It all just comes hand in hand. So um, I'm just excited to get better at it. Um, I feel like this was a really, really great project for me to like, kind of like, um, you know, like I, I wrote a lot of this one myself. Yeah. So it was, it was great to kind of like, you know, try doing that for once, like where I, I try to write the whole thing. But on our next record, like Neil's coming back, like he's got some amazing songs and just because they didn't make it onto this record, it's just because he literally was like, you're telling a story and these stories are coming out and I can't really interject here. And he was, he's so sweet. Um, <laughs> it sounds like a lovely dude. <laughs> it was really cute. He's just like, I, I don't know. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, like on our next one, like we just want to like make it really good vibey, just like, you know, just good songs like storytelling is great and i love doing it for this last one but the next one like there's still going to be some stories but it's going to be like i don't know just different different vibe okay so i, love I, that I, I do want to talk more about what's next but not just yet cool. I, I because <clears throat> okay I, I don't know how to word this um for our listeners there's a song on your album called witness now yes. we don't intend on going into the details for that I, I can. I'm. I'm you don't have to if you don't want to, though, because <laughs> because that story is already out there in, in a number of articles. But uh, uh, you know, on the the bare bones, you witness something as a, a very young child um, mm -hmm. that I can only imagine stayed with you for your entire life, and yeah. um, you put out this song about it. Um, a was there hesitation to talk openly about that story? in the format that Casper Skulls ended up uh, leaving it in? And B, was it healthy for you? Yeah. So that song was interesting. Um, it was actually that song and a song that people haven't heard yet called Yards. Oh. That we'll probably be putting out soon. It's a B-side off of this record. Amazing. Um, so Witness is, was it was a really hard song to start. It was a hard song to bring to jam and it was a hard song to start playing live. Mm -hmm. And 
it's not a hard song for me to listen to now. I quite enjoy the song. It's a great song. <laughs> it's a nice song. I just, um, yeah, like there are moments still uh, live where it's been a bit and we play, we decide to play the song or something like, or the, the, the show is just kind of, the, the energy is just going so strong that like, you know, you're feeling it and you just kind of like give a little cry. Like, I mean, and not like, you know, woohoo on stage, but like, you know, like you're just like so emotional in it. Um, yeah, the song is a tough one, but it's therapeutic. And I recommend, I recommend everybody just try doing that for like, like it doesn't have to be every song that you write has to be this you know this big movement for yourself or this big cathartic thing but like every once in a while i think people kind of owe it to themselves to try to do something like that because it is it is really therapeutic and um you know like the, it, it allows me now to talk about it like i don't know if i would have been able to talk about it like four or five years ago before i wrote the song and started playing it live but you know like it's just bad stuff happens and you know you want to move past it and the way to move past it is to talk about it and share it um and for your listeners i guess because they have no idea what i'm talking if about you, if you um, want to absolutely it's okay yeah i i witnessed a murder when i was a kid and it was basically like totally random doesn't make any sense but basically what happened is my neighbor that i had been living next to for years like years since i was a child and at this point i was about eight years old right um so uh, me my best friend at the time and my sister we were we, we used to raise these rabbits um they were kind of like in a shared property behind um it was the, the neighbor who shared a yard with the one who 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 murdered who did the murder yeah <laughs> i can't even say it but like who did who did the act um so between our houses there was the rabbits so um from my house and her papers house which is where she spent a lot of her time growing up um was these two houses in the middle which was his and then our neighbors and her, our neighbor was the one who had all the rabbits and we'd help her with them so basically we all shared kind of a property line sort of thing so um from my house to her house we could walk through all the properties and never really seemed to be a problem because we were um you know we had the rabbits and everything we go check on them so one time she brought her father with her to go check on them. And the neighbor that lived in the other house was not okay with it or something, or I don't know, was just acting weird. And the neighbor on the other side had noticed and um, went and let us know to get him to maybe not walk through the yard anymore, just cause he was being kind of weird. And so um, I guess he was confused and didn't understand. So he went and confronted him and it became this whole kind of like back and forth on the property line. And then um, at some point he just like the neighbor just pulled out a gun on my best friend's dad and we all kind of like were confused and we were eight. <laughs> we all ran into the house. We were trying to ask uh, her prepare like to come outside because we didn't know what was going on. And then by the time we all went outside, he shot him. Doesn't make sense. So no. um, after that, we were just kind of like, okay, this is a thing now. And like he died on the way to the hospital. It's terrible. It's terrible. Like, I mean, it may, then, sorry, go for it. He just went in the house and waited for the police and went to jail and then he died in jail. Oh, my wow. God. <laughs> Holy fuck. 
<laughs> like, I don't mean to laugh. It's just like it, it just it doesn't make sense. So no, of course. And like you, I mean, I can't imagine the kind of uh, trouble that you had to go through after that. I right. Mean, like we were all in therapy and yeah, you know, of course. All, and like we're still in touch now and everything. And we've been friends for a very, very, very long time. And yeah, we we like I even asked her like before I wrote this song. I was like, "Is this okay? okay. Like I don't want to do anything." <laughs> and she said yes. She's like, "Turn it into art." And I was like, "Okay." So but, you, de- um, you decide to make that song and then, but like, I just, was someone helping you like commit to it or was that, <laughs> was that all on you? Okay. So, um, I don't even like remember how this got started, but like, I guess it's because I wrote this song called Yards and I'll explain Yards. Right, okay. Yards isn't out yet, but it will be. Um, it's about this other devastating thing that happened when I was a kid that no one knows about. My house burned down on my sister's birthday. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. This, and this is a, after you've already This was, this was before. before I was 5 years old. Okay. okay. Um but on her on her 7th birthday, um our barbecue caught fire and just engulfed the house and I was on the swing in the backyard just watching this happen and confused and she was inside and the it exploded the door like it was a glass like moving door mm-hmm. and so she fell onto the ground. And then we had a dog named Fancy and she got the dog out. And then she ended up winning an award for doing that at her school. And she won a trip to Nashville to go get awarded by like, you know, a life-size Sparky the dog and like (laughs) national firefighters and all this stuff. Like just. Wow. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. I think a lot of this though speaks to the importance of art. And I think I'd read that you had, you had a a teacher. I love art. It it helped guide you towards. You know, Mr. Mr. Dodds, (laughs) Mr. Dodds. (laughs) Yeah, just like, you know, I like I like this record because it's kind of like a life story sort of thing. And I know that like a lot of people are doing that these days and it's like, you know, popular thing to do. But I don't know. It's a very cathartic thing to do. And and you can you can really learn a lot about yourself from doing that. Um, So I I owe everything to. I don't know the things that shape me. I mean, I don't understand a lot of them that happened and a lot of them don't make sense at all and i'll never forget them um but like i don't know you just have to like live and one of the craziest things i learned in therapy was like because i for a while like i was like was it my fault like i think we were all thinking that and when i was young like i just remember like the therapist being like you the only person that you can control is yourself Mm -hmm. and and that never like left me i was like oh my god like that's the truest thing ever and yeah i don't know well yeah you got any trauma you want to write a song about and and figure your shit out honestly i wish i could that's it's great that you have that outlet i'm kind of curious though you know again earlier you talked about how collaborative this effort was um, I'm curious the process because it is so deeply personal to you. Right. Uh, how does it become collaborative? How did everybody yeah. else pitch in and, and come up with right. this album? So um, it was collaborative in the sense where um, the structures and any sort of like interesting little production bits and things like that, like we all collaborate on those for sure. Everybody wrote their parts. Um, so I would bring like a, an idea or Neil and I would figure out sort of a thing. Maybe I had some loose lyrics or you know, a, a chorus or a verse, at least enough to bring to a jam session. And then from there, we would all kind of fill in the blanks and and um, I, I'm just like, oh, I hear this, oh, I hear that. Or like like uh, an example would be Frasier on the song Monument. 
as soon as I started playing that like um that like finger picking part he was immediately like oh I don't play bass on this song and he picks up a little reface synth and I was like what <laughs> <laughs> and yeah he did and it, and it it was the it was the vibe it was the move so um and it's it's those things that I cherish so uh yeah so all the color and stuff like that um the tastes the tempos the this or that like like I feel like writing a song like you kind of have an idea of what you think a tempo should be but then I don't know with some collaboration all of a sudden it becomes something else like the song Ouija like I brought that to jam not really knowing what it was I was kind of like eh, this song might suck and I started playing it and immediately Aurora was like oh I hear like this really cool shuffle like Nico Case sort of thing in this and I was like what that's really cool and then it just kind of took off from there so yeah I I I love that. <laughs> I um, think that's important and cool. I was reading the Lindsay Rhodes article in Audio oh, Femme. Yeah. Um, that, was, oh, that was a good one. Yeah, for sure. So shout out to that her in that article because it was yeah, great. Yeah, like, it moved me to tears. Um, <laughs> while St. Pierre cites Ouija as the best song she's ever written, Bangarth points to Rose of Jericho as a personal favorite. Yeah. Which I relate to. Jericho. God damn, yeah, that's a good Neil, song. <laughs> he's obsessed with that song. You always like that's my favorite song. Like I'm like, okay, cool, cool. Um, yeah, no, like I I love Rose of Jericho. I I, it's just a good song. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, that's a and, good like, way. And like we played it. it live, um, for the first time, first time ever. Like at our Montreal and at our Toronto show in the fall. And the Montreal show, like, we were just kind of, like, figuring it out. We were like, please forgive this just in case it sucks. And it was, like, it went over fine. It was fine. But then at the Toronto show we played it, it was, like, it was insane. Like, it was so good. And, like, I was, I even had a moment throwing back to, like, how we, like, our our earlier shows used to be where we used to, like, really rock out. Yeah. I was, like, throwing my guitar again and, like, flipping it upside down and doing my things at the, at the ending of it. And I just, like, didn't expect that to come out. So, I was like, oh yeah, we can still rock. <laughs> Does Aurora have the wood blocks on stage for that that song? <laughs> no. <laughs> I we made a joke and I was like, should I just like not play guitar and just like hit those? And she's like, no, no. <laughs> she's she's a she's a professional percussionist. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I feel like she would be like, Mel, don't do that. <laughs> well, I, I I won't say one or the other is my favorite, but it's a very close tie. I'm glad that you that you guys in the band can because normally you get the oh they're all my children and I yes, can't choose yes, between. Yes, yes. So yeah, I love man. the fact that you're willing to throw it out there that that's a favorite. Yeah, it's it's fine. Like I, I like I like all of them for different reasons, um, but. Yeah, they're just like some of them are funner to play live. Mm -hmm. Some of them are sleepier to play live. <laughs> and so like you, you find your favorite ones for reasons like that. Uh, but like just aesthetically and stuff like that too. With uh you know, you touched on a little bit in your first record, your earlier music is is sonically quite a bit different than what you mm -hmm. guys put out on Nose No Kindness, and your trajectory based on your early years was pretty wild and and not seen too often in this country i don't believe um were you guys worried at all about the reception i know you guys have been playing those songs for for a long time before the album came out but were you concerned at all about the reception to what some might consider a shift in sound always i mean that's always going to be a thing like you're gonna have people who were like uh i liked when the boy sang or like uh yeah. i liked when the girl sang or uh like it's fine like it happens I, I i just feel like you can't let that kind of like hold you back it's because like ultimately we're, we're we're musicians we're, we're artists like yeah. we want to make great art and 
it, just because it's not great art for somebody doesn't mean it's great art for somebody else. Um, and it doesn't mean that we'll not ever return to that. Like we're allowed to do, I mean, I find musicians get themselves into this area where they're like, oh, I can never return to that. Or oh, I, I can't do that anymore. And I, I don't know, like if I'm, if I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it. So I think I'm just going to let kind of like my guts kind of determine the direction. And my guts were saying, hey, like you need to resolve some stuff. So I did, and yeah. I feel like I got a lot out of it, and I, I and I don't feel like I have to make a second one or a third one like that, because I feel like I got what I needed out of it. So I'm just excited to work on some new stuff, and whether it be, you know, what comes out, what comes out, you know. But so yeah. funny because from for a band that that got a lot of uh, you know hype and attention over the years, um, seeing the original comparisons which was really interesting to me. So, you know, some people are comparing your stuff to, to you know, Sonic Youthish, yeah. And then the new music comes out and they're comparing it to Mazzy Star. And I'm like, well, although not totally the same, that would be a pretty sick concert, right. those two together. So, uh, <laughs> you know what's funny? I got a tweet, like I got, we got tweeted at like not long ago and somebody heard the new record and they were like, Oh, heavy Sonic Youth vibes, eh? And I was like, no. <laughs> heavy <laughs> Sonic so Youth vibes. And then I, but then it's funny because I tweeted back at the person. I was like, oh, we will never financially escape this. <laughs> like the, the Kai Tiger King thing. And then the person was like, what? I was like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. Like, this is just a comparison we go all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so so and th do those comparisons bug you at all? It doesn't seem no. like much phases, like, you guys. These are bands I really like and appreciate. Honestly, the Mazzy Star one, I'm very surprised that people thought that. Like, I'm like, really? Because I get like a Sleater Kinney kind of like vibe from a lot of this stuff. Or like, I mean, not as all, a lot more with the older music, because um, that was that was a lot of the uh, in inspiration. Like you and I were Sleater Kinney like heads uh, when we were writing Lips and Skull and stuff. Like we actually went to go see them that year. <laughs> that Play at the um, what was it? Is it was it? Oh my God, Sound Academy then, or was it? Oh, whatever. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. A venue in Toronto that I don't think no that no longer exists, and or it has a new name. <laughs> But um, yeah, so there, there's a lot of inspo in that. But honestly, like, I don't know, I welcome, if somebody hears something in it, it just means that maybe it's it's serving their interests. So um, like maybe the, the people who are hearing the music and thinking, oh, it sounds like Mazzy Star, maybe it's because they really like Mazzy Star and they, you know, they're, they're, they're thinking about it in that way. So yeah. I, I think it's cool how people can hear your music and just you know, decide what they think it kind of matches, so. Well, it doesn't seem like it pigeonholes you guys at all anyways, so doesn't really matter does it no and i think it, things are times are different fun. like especially when i was younger it was you were this genre you were that genre you didn't listen yeah. to anything but i think that's gone long gone and people yeah, jump I, genres all I, over I the place like i don't want to make the same music over and over and over again like i yeah. like thank you i understand and i appreciate like people having a sound and like but like i don't i don't know like like we will be so so cautious to not use the same drum beat or like to not use the same like chord progression or to not use the same like and like we'll call each other out like especially aurora like she'll call me out and be like um that's the same chord progression and like you played like this other song I'm like oh no like and i feel seen and i get all defensive no <laughs> no but like yeah and i love that because it's like yeah call me out man i don't want to do that <laughs> we, we've talked like, about it a... saving me from doing the same thing we've talked about it a few times on the show but uh the, the benefits of having a theory trained musician uh yeah. in the band yeah, yeah, she can be. She can call me out and be like, 
and just just to even play it up a little even a bit more she can be like you're playing this and she could even say the uh the tempo or like the, the, the something <laughs> like she's so she's so good at that so um yeah it's 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 cool i i i, I appreciate it a lot and even though i get like all like hmm in in our jams it's like no she's she's right <laughs> Well, you, you've you've put out this new album. It's gotten some really good reviews. We love it. You've talked a little bit about how you guys are well underway into what's next. Um, what Big you, question. Yeah, what like you know? Too often <laughs> predict I predict the future. Yeah, too often <laughs> I ask questions about what what's what's on on your plate, but uh, and usually the answer is well, you don't get to know that. But is there anything that like is there something that you're telling people, friends, family, us about? the next um, evolution just there will be a b-side coming out probably in the next few months mm -hmm. um that we just have to finish a couple of things on that one um that we of the, of the reason why it was a b-side because we just wanted to kind of fix it up and didn't really fit sort of the record but that will be a thing um but also just um i just purchased a really cool well i i have to pay off the rest of it because i used to work at long and McQuaid like maybe three weeks ago now. Okay. Okay. Used <laughs> like to start a new job, <laughs> but uh, I have to pick up this, this universal audio interface that I bought um, that I have to like finish paying off. Uh, and then I can start doing some demoing, which I'm stoked on. And Neil, like his songs are basically done. Like we can figure that at any point, but I, uh, yeah, it's just, it's sending everything to the band right now and kind of getting that all figured out. Neil and I are trying to buy a house right now. Hey. Oh, Hopefully wow. April, 2022. We'll, we'll see. In Sudbury. So, <laughs> in Sudbury. Nice. Owner. I really want to own a home. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why not? Um, okay. So you're, do, do you Neil, like you're saying your songs, Neil's songs, you'll live together. You know each other very well. Is there any separation? Is he hiding things from me? I only say Neil songs, my songs, is because um, who's who wrote like who wrote the lyrics or like who wrote like the okay the, who came up with the idea for the song or okay. something like that. Like that's, but like they're I mean like eventually they're gonna be our songs when we put them out as Casper. But for now they're like the one they're the ones that Neil are bringing to the table or the ones that I am bringing to the table. That's just how I how we've we've kind of always differentiated that actually. Like I remember we had this like this little like in the early days like one of those like little whiteboards where you write down well you don't know the title of the song yet but it's mm. on the jam session thing so it's like neil's new one three <laughs> like, yeah 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 <laughs> like he used to have one that was like this one sounds kind of like the wire <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it is funny <laughs> um well i cannot wait to see what that what comes of that and see these b-sides or listen to these b-sides too because i uh yeah, i finished true. that record and i'm like okay we'll just start it again <laughs> and to see it live which hopefully yes. oh things can start yeah to, have you guys you you've played sled island before right um i don't think we have actually have you never played in alberta it's no we played in alberta just not the not the festival for whatever reason i think when it was going on we had another tour booked something like, like it just never ended up happening but um uh yeah we know we played play Alberta a few times okay uh it's a great place just not Red Deer I no, don't think Red Deer no no Red Deer show it's so funny because no. I was watching your KXP performance which you were talking about how every day you just kept getting further and further west than you've ever been before yeah and that would have been pretty much the end of your your, your as far west <laughs> as you could go at that point yeah at, at one point like we were um 
I can't remember if it was before we ended up, no, it was after KXB because we were um, in California at this point, but we were literally as far West as West could be. And it was like just the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember thinking how weird that was. And we like, we got a picture of just like the ocean and us like, I think Neil's walking towards it and I'm eating an apple. <laughs> oh, very cool. <laughs> but like, it's just that was that was a really funny moment we were like wow we we we, we drove here that's weird <laughs> we didn't die <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm sure you, plenty of people warned you about uh driving west i'm assuming well actually the second time i think it was yeah the second time that we were driving through out uh like down in california oh and also the prairies everything was on fire like oh, i think shit. the big wildfire in california happened to like right after we were out of there but like the prairies were like crispy like everything was like all you know burnt up and stuff and yeah. i was just like what happened here yeah that can be a problem out here sure can. Fires. although northern ontario tends to get some they had a oh, really rough 2021 uh, right yes yeah. we had crazy fires um not so much like in Sudbury, but we got all the like the, the smoke like there's haze for days yeah. in the summertime it was bad like i think it was uh red lake area I'm not mistaken and some other places yeah they were just like engulfed just so brutal it's sad. Just, it almost again, becomes we just know to expect it now right like late yeah. july early august we just expect to be a couple yeah, years it, of uh, uh air advisor or a couple weeks rather of an air advisory yeah God, and like that's so scary like evacuate your home because it might uh, yeah i'm no. like thinking about it well that, because my house burned down yeah. when i was, <laughs> I was just gonna say i can only imagine what that <laughs> yes. would bring up <laughs> Gotta bring that one up again. No, um, I'm just kidding. But like, yeah, just it's it's uh, the world. <laughs> well, um, okay. So we briefly touched on it before, but we should probably get back to Mr. Dodds, right? Oh yes, get to Mr. real Dodds. quick, Mr. Dodds. Is Mr. Yeah. Dodds still around? Um, I don't know. <laughs> That's fair. I, I'm assuming so. I don't. I don't actually know. I haven't. I haven't heard anything from like about him or anything. I mean, he was a he was a high school professor, so I'm I'm sure he's either retired or. Yeah. I don't know. I hope he's still alive. Oh yeah. my gosh. I want to check it. Um, is that, is that <laughs> like, do you have a teacher from high school that you remember making some sort of connection with that really helped you move forward in, in life? I really hate to say it, but I think I'm one of those people that I, like, I just, I don't. You didn't. I have a, I, I have <laughs> teachers that had an impact and, and taught in a certain way that kind of helped me to understand, but I never, I, I never had that connection of like, that teacher being the person to really just right. open yeah. my eyes to things, yeah. which I'm, I really wish I could say that I, I did, but. Honestly, he, and he, in his perspective, he's probably just like, who were you again? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> but yeah, you like, that's the thing. Like, you know, you take, you could take teachers as, you know, you throw them or you can keep them. It's literally just like, um, yeah, what do you get out of it? And, and the, the fact that he cared enough to care about, a piece like a couple pieces of my writing where everybody else was just like what are you doing yeah um meant a lot to me because i was uh, in high school i was the worst like i was one of those kids that was just like eh, and i didn't know i was like i don't know i thought i knew everything i didn't know anything it's funny like all the beliefs that i had in high school like i do not have now like which is <laughs> what you don't know I everything is. as a kid what i didn't yeah. know everything as a Kid. I will be playing this but, back for my teenagers, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> but I, I, I did truly love to like be a, a shit disturber. But whatever. you and me both, you and me both. <laughs> but that was one of the teachers that I remember. There's two teachers I can really think of. One of them, in fact, I turned thirty about a year ago, 
And for some reason, that made me want to reach out to people that I had ignored for a decade and a half. Um, And one of those teachers was one of them. He never got back to me, but... There's an album right there. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. There you go. Start writing. You'll notice me one day, Mr. Newfeld. (laughs) (laughs) Funny how we always remember their names, eh? But they probably don't remember ours. Yeah, you're probably right. We were just one in a sea. How big of a school would it have been in Sudbury? How many? Oh, yeah. Okay, so back then... Um, probably like, I hope I don't say this. People go, what? Like maybe 400 kids at this school? Like, okay. is yeah. that a lot? So and that's the, like you, you teachers are remembering how, how big was yours? I honestly don't remember. Cause I swapped high schools in okay. grade okay. 12 in Oakville to, for a better music program. So I like to think my graduating class had 60 people in it. So I'd oh. like to think that the teachers could remember yeah. everybody, but maybe not. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, that's the thing. Like more populated areas are gonna have more people. Like, I think four hundred kids for a high school. That I, I actually think that might even be a little bit too much. Yeah. Like that I'm remembering, but back then I remember that school like really having having a lot of people in it. Like it was an art school. People would go there for um, music or like you'd get in right. Like you'd apply and get in. So I had to, like I did. I went for visual art, okay. so I had to do like a visual art test. Or you'd go for theater or music. And, like, it's funny that I didn't do music, but it's because I was, like, you know, I really love visual art. And Neil was also at that school? No. Oh, okay. He wishes. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, he <laughs> went to a, a different high school, but um, he was heavily friends with everybody from that school anyway. Like, I actually think he was more friends with the people that at that school than his own school. So um, just the school that he went to was kind of like a, like a jockier kind of preppy school. Uh, here in, in town like I don't know if it is like that anymore but I remember it was like that then like it was just like a lot of people who wanted to do sports would go there it's very competitive for sports um, whereas uh, I was on the soccer team at my art school and well we lost <laughs> yeah. all the time and one school tried to like bully us on the field and like push us around but we were too busy running around in circles and like looking at butterflies and like picking flowers <laughs> to like <laughs> I mean, like we were just like, what? We're playing a sport. Like, that's a fun. Well, oh, well. marrying the two of those together, man. Maybe you have, and if you have, awesome. If the Sudbury Wolves called you tomorrow and say, "Hey, we need you to sing the uh, national anthem at our game next week," what would your reaction be? I do it, yo. Um, so Stefan from Pup, he is like a big Sudbury. Like he he comes all the time. He's also he also has a camp. Um, okay. that Neil and I have been to a few times. Um, it's, uh, in French river, but he got asked to sing and I wish, I wish I could have been there. Yeah, he <laughs> did it. Oh God. He actually messaged us that night. and was like, I- I- I'm singing at the, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing it at the Sudbury Wolves. I was like, I-, I-, I have to go, but it- we were in Toronto at this point and we couldn't make it, but Oh God, I'm sad that I missed that. Cause that God damn, been so that's cool. incredible. That is incredible. No, but oh. what, how would you feel if you got asked, you could do it? No problems to stand it. up and do it. Yeah, I don't like. I don't know if I'd be able to have like all that like. <laughs> like I don't think I could do that. But like I could, you know, I can wing it and try. Honestly, uh, in my life, I'm just like I can't embarrass myself more. Ever, I'm just uh, things are embarrassing. I'm just gonna do it. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think it'd be very. Nothing to lose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it'd be very difficult to make our anthem sound more impressive than it is. <laughs> Yeah, some people try a little too hard. Uh, Okay, well, speaking of embarrassing then, I did notice as I was going through your uh, Instagram feed, just kind of looking at things, pretty much every post I went by 
liked by Stefan Babcock. Liked by Stefan Babcock. Like, he likes thanks, like everything. What's, what's the deal? Because he's supportive pal in the music <laughs> industry. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> no, but like we all love each other. Like, we, like they've done so much for our band. Like, it's crazy. Like, uh, I don't even know. Like, it's they've they've taken us out. They've wined and dined us. Like, I the support they've given us has just been unbelievable. And we've had a lot of heart to hearts about it. Just like, we're just like, man, like, gosh, <laughs> I don't know. We just have a lot of respect for each other. And um, yeah, I don't know. <sighs> it helps that they, cool. they're awesome. They are awesome. Just, they're great. They're yeah. such good people. I can't even. Yeah. Anyway. Well, we had, we had a pup show at uh, our podcast here. We're, we're in the communal creative studios, which is uh, connected to Bose barn stage and red deer. Um, which many, many years ago, and I've said it a, a number of times on this show, July Talk played a show at Bose, nice. and it changed my entire view of yep. the potential of live music in this city. And then Pup played two, 2019, fall of 2019? Fall, yep. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was fucking great. And I hope that we can get Casper Skulls on that very same stage one of these days too. It'd be pretty one special. Day. Agreed. Be cool. Yeah, I'd love for, that for sure. Pete, you got anything else, man? No, this uh, just I can't say enough about how awesome this album yeah, is front killer. to back. It is stellar, and I will be listening to it for many, many years to come. Love it. Thank you. That means so much. Yeah, that's that's the goal right now these days. Is like who will be listening to this record in a couple of years because everything's so like right. immediate right now. But uh, thank you. That means literally the world. Like you have no idea. And thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us, and we really hope that we can uh, see you guys in town or, or on your way through town one of these years. I don't know when the hell this thing is going to end. <laughs> Soonish, hopefully. For sure. And uh, say hi to the rest of them. Say yeah. hi to Neil, Hello. Aurora, and, and young McLean. Young McLean. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Will do. All right, Melanie, All right. thank thanks, you so Mel. much. You have a fantastic evening. You too. Cheers. Take care, guys. Peace. See ya. Bye. Did you did you almost cry too? I was like, I mean, honestly, that's there's a lot to uh, ingest with so, all of that. Just how personal it is, and very and, personal. And I'm glad she did bring up that it. You know, she will let the emotions get to her on stage. I mm -hmm. kind of thought about, um, you know, the tragically hip have the song Fiddler's Green, which is about Gord Downey's nephew who had passed away. Oh, I didn't know that. And and they wrote that song, and it did make the album, but then they put it away. Right. And yeah. they didn't play it live too much because it was just too much yeah, yeah. to go through um, what Mel went through and to be able to relive that story night after night, eventually, hopefully on stage. I just, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, I don't know. Part of me, maybe this is rude, but part of me feels like we don't often get to talk about the contextual um, reasons behind songs that are so traumatic. It happens, but it does sure. not. Yep. It's not every album I listen to. I can pick out a song or two that I'm like, "Oh, that's coming from some heavy shit." Yeah, but you know, not all the time are people so outward with it as well, right? You're right. Like you're right. you know, they kind of Mel alluded to it as well. Is they not that they hide things in songs, but just the way that it comes out, it's yep. a little bit more in code than it would be. Yep. Just as, as straight out. So sometimes you don't know it's there. Yeah. And it's there. Anyways, um, what I will say is. Thanks to Melanie St. Pierre for for joining us on the road of the stage and uh, the 2021 release knows no kindness is already becoming my favorite album of 2022. So we can like let it slide. Oh, 100. percent Okay, okay. Good. I mean, you could listen to start listening to Hunky Dory for the first time this year. It could be your favorite <laughs> album of the Perfect. year. Perfect. Good.
Um, anyways, uh, yeah, uh, good, good, good chat, Pete. That was a good chat indeed, and I do look forward to them being on stage at Bose to see these songs come to life. It's got to happen. Yeah, it's got to happen. Um, well, again, a quick shout out to our producers, Ryan and Riley. Who I'm sure Ryan's ready to get the hell out of here. Birthday boy. And yeah, it's fucking thirtieth birthday. He's here listening to us nerds talk. Maybe we just keep going on. What else you got? What uh, What'd you oh, do over the last? He's flaunting a glass bottle. It's a lot emptier than it was at the beginning of this. <laughs> That's that Clooney, Clune dog, Clune dog <laughs> stuff. Um, uh, uh, Pete, who, who who else is joining us today? Uh, well, we've got, of course, Riley, producer yes, Riley. Producer Riley. It's not his fucking Creative birthday. Studios. It's, it's not his birthday, birthday so whatever. Uh, Sawback Brewing Company, Tourism Red Deer, Bose Barn Stage, and Go Services Inc. Inc. And uh, you can catch our episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Like, or, like, or, share, subscribe. Or, and definitely, and or subscribe to the Communal Creative Studios YouTube channel, or I will start getting <laughs> you've been, violent. You've been threatening this for a while now. Let's see. I think maybe we get a little bit more tequila in you. And I'm going to we'll go start knocking on doors. Okay, maybe the next episode, Patrick will be even more fierce. Which I'm comes smash out a camera. When? Wednesday. 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 The Road to the Stage is produced by Ryan Cooley and Riley Suryin at the Communal Creative Studios in Red Deer, Alberta. In partnership with Go Services, Inc., Sawback Brewing Co., Tourism Red Deer, and Bose Bar and Stage.